yeah, it's cash. DJ Deuce McGuire, this hot as a log fire Spark the lighter in the 303, we wrestle at the quarry Golden Colorado, Mercury Pro Wrestling Academy Elevated Wrestling, yeah Hashtag follow if you know the motto Can't stop now, got the need for speed Combustion and concussion, championships in my vision I put the key in the ignition Such an easy decision, I got a hustler's ambition Wrestling at its best, welcome to the show I put on for Rocky Mountain Pro, let's go RMP Radio is on the air. Hi, I am your host, uh, Mr. Fourth Row, and I'm joined here on this edition of RMP Radio with uh, Michael Kane. Mike, how you doing? I'm great, Mr. Fourth Row. How are you doing? I am doing just fine. Uh, so like we do here on uh, RMP Radio, uh, we get to know a little bit more. Uh, usually the uh, person behind the wrestler, or, but in this case, the person behind the uh, personality. Uh, so, uh, Mike, um, you uh, are very familiar, of course, with uh, Rocky Mountain Pro product. I've been uh, kind of a, a great uh, fill-in uh, with uh on the commentator team from uh, uh, back in 2017, 2018, and just recently uh, with the uh, uh, Rocky Mountain Pro Experience, we had about a, a, a little over a week ago or so. Uh, how's that feel uh, getting back uh, into the uh, uh, commentator chair and uh, with uh, one you know one of your favorite uh, uh, local promote or independent promotions? Oh, it felt, it felt phenomenal. Uh, the best way to describe it is you have an extremely great technical crew working with Stevie to put together an excellent setup and a great show. Uh, you have incredible local talent who are doing a fantastic job, working very hard, and putting on matches that are entertaining for the crowd. Uh, in, they, really do, they really do show growth every time I see them, and it makes me, it makes me feel great. And the slide into the broadcast chair right next to Kelly Dowdy was just, it was, it was like riding a bike. It was just, he's such a pro. It, was, it, it felt great. Yeah. So, so kind of a little uh, deja vu, even though it uh, was a different person sitting next to you, huh? This time around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before it was, it was Colin Sennard. Um The, the two will never be confused in a lineup, uh, but <laughs> both of them are great at what they do. They're different. Their styles, their styles are different. Uh, Colin Sennard, that traditional that traditional Southern fatherly kind of approach to things, which I really liked, and KD, my fellow East Coaster, with his his, his more his more straightforward his more straightforward style. Uh, both are a lot of fun. Both are great at what they do, and it was just cool. It was and it was cool. It was cool to see the contrast in styles, but it was also cool to see the 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 professionalism that they both have. Yeah, and 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 if I could be so bold, both are very uh, entertaining. And uh, I have no, you know, personally, I know uh, issue with, uh, you know, being able to follow the product when you're watching uh, episodes of uh, Charged or uh, watching on uh, the Twitch feed. No, it's great, man. It's really, it's really a lot of, it's really a lot of fun to, to compare and contrast in my own mind, uh, both of them. But I, I, I really, again, I really do appreciate the opportunity to be, to be useful where I, where I can on commentary and things of that nature. Right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so beyond the, uh, the wrestling, uh, part of your, uh, your time and what you've got going on, uh, outside of that, you had told me that, uh, one of the things that you're kind of doing, uh, 
is uh, learning the uh, Adobe uh, Creative Sweep, the the Photoshop, the Edition, uh, and all that kind of stuff like that. Uh, sure. Uh, what uh, got you uh, interested in uh, all that uh, technical uh, uh, things, technical stuff? <laughs> well, they say necessity is the mother of invention, and sometimes necessity is also the mother of studying. And when I left... When I left the consulting job and returned back to Cape Cod uh, for for work, uh, the opportunity that was available was in marketing, and it required the use of InDesign. I had only used InDesign when I worked at a magazine before, and I'd only used it for copy editing. I hadn't used it for any of its higher features. And all of a sudden, I'm thrust into a job in which I have to learn some of those features, and I have to make it work. And I learned by necessity. I learned as I went along. I learned as I did. And I realized that this was pretty fun. This, But at the same time, it was also something that I could do that was helpful in three, four, five different endeavors in my life. Uh, so from the suite was so broad that I could use Audition for podcasting, Premiere Pro for any video that I had. Um, Excuse me. I could use in, I could use InDesign in everyday life for a hundred different things. Now where I am is that Photoshop and Illustrator are going to be a bigger part of my repertoire. So learning those is learning those is really job one right now. All right. And so uh, have you been able to put any of those uh, skills or um, your programs and things into work when it comes to the uh, the the wrestling business? Anything anybody would have seen and all that kind of stuff. I've been pretty focused on real estate, okay. real estate marketing and book editing, uh, but I am available for any wrestlers that want that want the help. I I'm, I'm pretty cheap if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, so really in terms of any, in terms of any of any of those items, I've done a little bit of work for a smaller promotion in Tennessee, trying to get some things prepared via InDesign, uh, and hey, knock on wood, I think they're I think that those are going to be a big part of their improvement. So. Again, any wrestlers, any promotions that want assistance with, with with effective presentations, either digital or print, they can contact me anytime. Okay, so 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 like flyers, uh, graphics for uh, wrestlers, uh, T-shirts and stickers, and um, oh yeah, eight by tens and all that kind of good stuff like that. Yeah, I'm one of the areas where I'm really strong actually is email marketing. So okay. if so, I have I I have good good base of experience with constant contact. Uh, I have a good base. I have a good base of experience in in writing effective effective copy and being able to help promote help promote things in that direction. So again, you know where I can be useful for people, just uh, just yeah, let me know. But yeah, yeah, I think for a lot of wrestlers, email marketing is an untapped opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think so. I think social media is. I think social media is fantastic. But I think as far as growing an organic reach that you can control yourself, email marketing is one of the one of the most underrated ways to go. Yeah, yeah, I would I would uh, definitely agree with that because it seems like uh, you know back in the day before we had social media, email marketing was the way to go. But now that everybody thinks that social media is, but I think they can kind of work um, hand in hand. Uh, yes, sir. Because you know. Um, I mean, I don't know what you think, but, you know, social media is so limited of how much you can put out there on a on a post versus uh, email is maybe a little bit more can be a little more interactive. You can put a lot more information out there. I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on that? 
with with email marketing, you're in a unique position, right? Where people are opting in to your product, they're making it. They're making a decision to be a part of to be a part of your product, and they can unsubscribe at any time. And that unsubscription option really gives them a sense. Really gives them a sense of more belonging to what it is that you do. So I think that I think that say email marketing gives you a unique opportunity to connect with people who are consenting to be a part of your universe. And it gives you an opportunity for you to put out material that can be forwarded. It's a lot easier for someone to click forward on an email than it is for them to click three buttons to get to a share and to leave content and comments and things of that nature. It still feels a lot more a lot more natural if you have an email that comes through that you really do like to forward it along to some friends. Uh, but again, you're more likely to forward it to someone who ha- who has affinity for the product uh, than you are to just randomly blast it out like you would with a share. So it gives you a much more targeted opportunity. Also, if you have enough emails, you can then differentiate between aspects of your audience. So, for example, if you, if someone was working for Rocky Mountain Pro and was working for a Devotion Championship Wrestling out of Salt Lake, there might be two different sets of fans that they need to send different messages to. So it's an opportunity to sort of separate those audiences as well and be a little more subtle with it without necessarily having to pay for Facebook advertising that does that. Right. You know, and then you know, and then the way I also look at it too is the way that uh, say a Facebook or a Twitter works is that sometimes people will hop on there and only um, go so far back on their feed, and they yes. may, they may miss something that that uh, you may have uh, sent out. Unless they've got, you know, specifically notifications on for a specific uh, person or a wrestler in this case versus email, you know they definitely got it because it, it, right. got, it got delivered to their email inbox. And also one of the nice things is is if you have a program, an, an email program like a MailChimp or a Constant Contact, you'll also get the analytics. And with the analytics, it gives you an opportunity to take that feedback and then adjust your messaging and adjust your audience. And that really helps, too, because, again, the big thing, too, is that the wrestlers I've encountered, they're busy people. They're working two or three jobs. They're training and they're hitting the road. They don't have a tremendous amount of time to be sifting through things that don't work. It's just a matter of finding out what works and just putting the time in on what does work. So, again, I think email marketing is pretty underrated. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I definitely agree. I that's uh, fantastic. All right. Well, so uh, transitioning from there, another thing that uh, you are interested outside of the the wrestling business that you had told me is uh, East Asian history. And then uh, you said you started with uh, Korean history. How the heck did you get interested in that? It's a very weird journey that started with me taking Taekwondo when I got out of college. Oh. When I was an, when I was an undergrad, I studied political science and philosophy. And most of my emphasis was divided. Most was divided between U.S. domestic policy, particularly state and local policy, and foreign policy as pertains to the Middle East. And I learned two things. One is that, for in terms of American, American domestic policy, some of the issues like Social Security are so big that you have to really get very narrow very fast. So, if you're going to study Social Security and be an expert. That's pretty much all you're going to be an expert on. <laughs> that's all. That's that's all you're going to be working on. It's just too big. Uh, and then when it comes to foreign policy in the Middle East, 
uh, nobody is ever going to be happy with whatever you say. <laughs> so it ended up, it ended up not being, it ended up being something where I worked, I stayed with state and local state and local policy. I helped out with a think tank in Boston for a few years and I started taking Taekwondo on the weekends and in the evenings and I really enjoyed it. But the martial art itself, I wasn't that good at, but I was picking up little bits of Korean language and I wanted to learn a foreign language and I particularly want to learn a challenging one. So I found a place that was at a Presbyterian church in Brookline, Massachusetts, where I could go on Saturdays and learn Korean language. So there were, there were some adults and we were in one adult class. It was mainly the spouses of Korean Americans and Korean Americans who had been adopted from Korea as children. So there was so it was unusual, but I loved it. And I started reading more and more about Korea, and in particular about the conflict between North and South Korea, the ongoing civil war that has never really quite wrapped up. And I decided that I was going to study it more in depth in graduate school. So I ended up at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, and I did a master's in history focusing on Korea. And in particular, I focused on the North Korean famine of the 1990s, which is an awfully depressing topic, but fascinating nonetheless. So you said of the 1990s, so fairly recently. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, in the, yeah, in the, mid in the mid-1990s, about a million, a million people in North Korea died of starvation. Wow. All right. Is, is that going to be um, something that uh, us uh, people that uh, do a casual viewing of the uh, news would have uh, heard about or not heard about? Not very – not as much as you should have. Uh, okay. It was it – was, uh, because one of the one of the great difficulties is that this was simultaneously occurring while the United States was starting to try to rebuild its relationship with China, mm. and the North Koreans, in a lot of ways, are a client state of the People's Republic of China, and there's there and also it was very hard to get confirmed concrete information about the North Korean famine out of North Korea. So a lot of the calculations were based upon estimates by relief organizations or by government agencies. Uh, so the North Koreans would tell you a much smaller number of people had passed away. And then a relief agency would tell you something like 10 times that had passed away. And then it took years later, people taking almost a composite of those studies to determine a number between, I think, 800,000 and 1.2 million. Wow. Yeah, light, light and fun stuff for a Sunday. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. It's, that's what we do here on uh, RMP Radio. Uh, like I said, kind of give a little more uh, general uh, view of things and that kind of stuff. Uh, so then um, you had two. So just the uh, interaction between, for example, here, um, uh, Korea, uh, North Korea and uh, and China uh, did. You had told me that you also now are kind of uh, wrapping that into uh kind of getting a little more uh, um, learning on the uh, Chinese uh, 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 history and, and things of that nature. Is that correct? Right. I really, I really think I have a lot more to learn about China. Uh, and again, I, some people say I started backwards with Korea because normally most people start with China, go to Japan and then go to Korea. And I kind of went exactly backwards. <laughs> uh, but as far as, as far as it goes uh, again, China obviously has the world's largest population. The, it's certainly 
certainly is a huge economic and military player throughout the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's becoming its own hegemon in the east in the Eastern world. And even countries like Australia and India are reconsidering their relationship vis-a-vis the United States and China. It's a fascinating and scary time, and I want to learn as much about it as I possibly can. Okay, well, that's that's uh, glad you brought that point up. Uh, what's uh, to you? What's the uh, fascinating and uh, scary things that we may us as the uh, general public in the, for example, the United States and maybe other uh, countries along the same line might need to know or just might need to be aware of uh, history wise and maybe future wise, relationship sure. wise. Uh, one of the one of the difficulties is the United the United States. We have operated as the world's largest economy for some time. Uh, we've we've done a tremendous job, uh, especially considering our population is only is only about three hundred and twenty million or so. Um, India and China are each over a bill are each well over a billion, probably both approaching a billion and a half people. Right. Um, their their economic productivity is is has been increasing over the past over the past decades. One of the one of the difficult things is that China's economic China's economic rise has hinged on a need for nonstop growth at high levels, which a is not necessarily sustainable, and b comes with a potentially vast humanitarian cost. So, for wow. example, so. China has experienced famines that have killed tens of millions of people within the past hundred, hundred or hundred years. Uh, you had the Great Leap. You had the Great Leap Forward, uh, where estimates of twenty million people starved to death in China. Um, there's environmental catastrophe that is on the horizon, given the smog levels in Beijing, uh, given the <clears throat> excuse me. Given the Ill, the illegal dumping of chem, of chemicals into rivers and things of that nature, uh, just the, just the pollution itself is a is a disaster. Also, again, China is building cities to try to keep up with its population and to urbanize its population, but the survival of those cities hinges on a incredible logistics and b remarkable growth. And we'll see over the next fifty years if those are sustainable. So. Uh, it's exciting for them and scary for them, but also it, it asks the United States, how are we going to continue to lead the world? Uh, how are we going to how are we going to continue to do to do what it is that we do in terms of trade and economics with that level of stiff competition? Mm-hmm. And we, we shall see. I'm optimistic about the United States. I am very, very, very optimistic if only because I think we historically have been able to come through against a multitude of challenges over the years. And also we have a remarkably honest, remarkably honest reckoning of our economy because we do have political competition and the more political competition we have, the more earnest reckoning we get. And with earnest reckoning comes improvements and comes change. And I I am, I'm excited for, for the next, for the next century myself. So, yeah. Well, that's a I, I, that's a fascinating uh, way to look at, it. and uh, I think uh, hopefully the listeners uh, get that as well. It's something something to to think about, and be I guess be aware of uh, that you know it is a global economy. Uh, you know, we <laughs> with with everything that how the world has uh, developed in the past uh, century or centuries that it, things have have to we have to kind of work uh, uh, collectively together as that's right as as a, as, a, as a world. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's. Oh no, go ahead. 
Oh no, I say despite uh, despite uh, political differences and things of all of that nature, but uh, just kind of have to yes. more of uh, just uh, recognize um, uh, people's thoughts and beliefs, but uh, kind of work for the greater good, I guess. Right, and also whenever we whenever we're in our own country, when we reflect, we want to make sure that we're thankful for and protective of a free press, mm-hmm. because we need that because our ability to react to the truth. And our ability to do positive things with the truth is really what makes the biggest difference for us. Yeah, yeah, especially especially that the free free uh, press thing. As you and I are both uh, podcasters, that's kind of yeah. very important. <laughs> very much so, especially when it comes to getting 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 information out to voters so that they can make real decisions. Uh, not, I mean, it's it's again, it's. Uh, it's a, it's remarkable to be in a to be in a place where people are surprised when bad things happen. Uh, that's a good place for us to be. Um, there are some places where people expect the books to be cooked. There are places where some people expect the election to be fixed. Uh, we we live in a free we live in a free country where that's not the case. So we're we're very blessed that those things are the exceptions rather than the rule. Right. That's true. Yeah. Very 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 good point. All right. Well, gosh, that's a was a pretty uh, heavy uh, topic here for uh, RMP Radio, but we do uh, do what we what we can, and uh, I hope uh, ever, all the listeners uh, enjoy that. Uh, uh, Mike, I think that would be a, probably a great place to uh, wrap that up. Uh, but uh, let's let the listeners know if uh, they wanted to uh, uh, keep in contact with you, like on the uh, social media and all that stuff like that. Where could they do that? Sure. Um... If you if you want less heavy stuff and me helping you, uh, go to on Twitter at Kane Mills Media K A N E M I L L S M E D I A. That's Kane Mills Media. Same on Instagram. You can also email me Michael M I C H A E L at Kane Mills Media, and I'd love to hear from you. I again i do a multitude of multimedia services and can be helpful in that front uh also going to be putting out a blog this summer called hungry politics and that's going to be discussing the intersection of domestic policy domestic politics and international philanthropy Mm. that's uh god that's a big trio right there it's Mm. it's gonna it's it's gonna be fun fun for me uh (laughs) you you know me mr sunshine studying famine over here (laughs) <laughs> I gotcha. All right. Once again, uh, Mike, I do appreciate you uh, coming on to this edition of uh, RMP Radio, and uh, we'll be uh, seeing you uh, in the future. Yes, sir, Mr. Fourth Row. Thank you. Once again, a big thank you to Michael Kane for coming on to this edition of RMP Radio and letting us get to know just a little bit more about him, like I said, about the person behind the personality. All right, so before we get out of here, let's uh, pay some bills like they used to say back in the day. Uh, You want to get some uh, great, fantastic merchandise from your uh, favorite Rocky Mountain Pro uh, superstars? Head over to the uh, website at rmprestling.com and uh, click on the uh, merchandise link. and uh, Or you can even search from your Amazon search bar and search for Rocky Mountain Pro. And you got some uh, fantastic choices there to choose from. Uh, uh, you've got uh, all the uh, stalwarts, um, uh, KT Dub, uh, the old classic jumbo shirt, and um, El Chongo Blanco, uh, JK Pop, 
you've even got uh, you know the tag dudes, the most funnest tag team. You got all kinds of choices. So I want you to pick up somebody's shirt today. All right. Well, if you want to watch uh, Rocky Mountain Pro, it's uh, very simple. Uh, it's you can uh, go over to uh, twitch.tv slash Rocky Mountain Pro or head over to your uh, Fight TV app on your phone or the your Roku device and you'll be able to search and watch Rocky Mountain Pro there as well as youtube.com slash Rocky Mountain Pro and you can even catch it on the impactplus.tv program available through the website or even apps like on your Roku and on your phone, tablet, and etc. Well, what about upcoming events? Well, we've got one uh, coming up uh, this Friday. It's the uh, uh, postponed uh, weather-related event that was supposed to be at the beginning of this month. Uh, but it's going to be happening this Friday. So if you need to get tickets, I want to get tickets in advance, save yourself a, a few dollars. Uh, head over to rmpwrestling.com, click on the uh, events link, and you can purchase your uh, tickets right there uh, to attend. Or you can get them at the door. You'll just spend just a little bit more. All right. Well, if you want to follow us, uh, everything does stem from the website at rmpwrestling.com. And you can follow us on all your uh, social media accounts, uh, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, with all of the name of the Rocky MTN Pro. And let me spell that out a little bit for you. It's the Rocky Mike Tango November Pro. And I want to thank you all for listening to this edition of RMP Radio, where pro wrestling is elevated. Mm-hmm.